Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Revelation 21, beginning in verse 15. And for many of you, the book of Revelation is somewhat complicated, feels hard to understand, and so a lot of us um, maybe just avoid it entirely. And so I just want to invite you today to try to hear the Word of God, this beautiful apocalyptic prophetic literature, uh, this word of a picture uh, that paints a picture of what's going on in God's economy, and frankly, our own future. Uh, If I were titling this podcast, which I guess I am, um, I would say there is something good waiting for you after heaven. Think about that. Let's read. We'll pray and then we'll, we'll see what the Lord has for us today. The angel who talked to me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city with its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width, and he measured the city with his rod 1,500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall 144 cubits by human measurement, which the angel was using. The wall is built of jasper, while the city is pure gold, clear as glass. The foundations of the wall of the city are adorned with every jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates are twelve pearls. Each of the gates is a single pearl, and the street of the city is pure gold, transparent as glass. I saw no temple in the city, for the temple is the Lord, God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of a sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. And on either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there any more. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray, and then let's see if we can see, um, if we can be invited into something really powerful. Father, we ask today for your grace. We pray, God, that you would help us to see something maybe that we would struggle to see otherwise. God, help us beneath these beautiful, flower, even majestic images, God, to see what it is you're inviting us to sit with. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
So I'm going to bend your brain a little bit here at the beginning, and that's why I chose this from our daily lectionary reading, because I think it invites us to think about things that are way, way outside most of what we usually think about. This, this passage is about the New Jerusalem, and I just want to say the New Jerusalem, um, where heaven comes down from above and is established on a renewed earth, that is the ultimate destination for all the redeemed people of God. Heaven is not your story. Heaven is life after death. The Bible tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, which means that when we die um, and our bodies go into the, into the ground, we are then with the Lord in a spiritual state in heaven. But heaven is not the end. The end is actually the great resurrection where heaven comes down to a renewed earth and we live a fully embodied, resurrected existence with God. This is a picture of that ultimate reality. N.T. Wright calls this life after life after death. Gordon Fee, who's a Bible scholar, love Gordon Fee. He says this about this, um, this passage. He says, this climactic moment in the description of the future for God's redeemed people is clearly envisioned as still on earth and exists especially for the sake of the redeemed. Y'all, our world, this broken, divided, hurt place, this injured space that injures us is going to be renewed. It's going to be resurrected just like Jesus, just like you, just like me. And we're going to live out a fully embodied resurrected life on a fully embodied resurrected world. Life after life after death. I want you to think about that for a minute. See, the picture that John the Revelator paints here is of what a glorious, fully redeemed world is going to look like. And there are really three movements in this passage. The first bit is a description of the New Jerusalem. All those uh, jewels that I couldn't even pronounce. Um, this bizarrely shaped city. It's a cube. Um, a very strange, huge place. Um, this is a, a picture of, of a redeemed world and what the the, the the prophet, what John in this moment is really trying to get us to see is that this place glows. This place has no shadow of darkness in it. It will shine and sparkle like precious stones. It's really remarkable to think about it because we're living in a really dark space right now. And what John is trying to get us to see, what the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to see, is that even the darkness that we live in, these shadowy places that we live in, will one day be so infused with the light of God that it would be as if pearls and jewels were all around us animated. God has something beautiful for you. God has something here for you and me to spark hope in us even as we live in turbulent times. See, at the time people were reading the revelation of St. John the Beloved, they, they were also struggling mightily with persecution. There was a lot of temptation in the early church when revelation first hit the streets for people to lose heart. And here John is saying, this broken, dark world that we are currently experiencing will one day be so suffused with the power and light of God that you would hardly recognize it. I believe there's something in this for you and for me. There's a, an invitation to courage, an invitation to hope, an, an invitation to realize that whatever darkness you're facing right now is not the end of your story, not by a, by a long shot. There's a brightness on the other side of this. And there's so much that could be said about that, but I'm going to leave it there. 
The next thing I think we want to look at here is not just a physical description of what this new Jerusalem will look like, but we need to look at what the character or nature of the new Jerusalem would look like. And there are two uh, three really big things I want to point out here. Um, John tells us that God is the temple, so there's no need for a church or a temple. God is the temple. God is the center. God is where heaven and earth kiss. It's not a building. It's not an institution at this point. It is it is God himself. And right now what we get are institutions. Um, we have imperfect churches trying to model something of God, of heaven and earth coming together. But one day it's just going to be God. And we're all going to be a part of that temple. The second thing we see here is that God is the light. Not only is he, a, is he the temple, not only is he the place where heaven and earth kiss, but he's also the light. He chases away just by his own being in the new Jerusalem. He chases away darkness. And we all know what darkness represents. It represents uncertainty. It represents danger. It represents risk. It represents loss. It represents fear. It represents a lack of clarity. It represents chaos. And so when God says there'll be no more night, I will be the light. What he's saying is I will remove chaos from the landscape of your life once and for all. And right now, I think we need to hear this from the heart of God that he is working in the renewal of all things to remove chaos from your story and mine. Will we believe it? See, what we see in this story is that light and calm speak to the establishment of perfect peace and order, the gift that comes with the authority and the presence of God. So the nature of the new Jerusalem, beautiful, this reminder that God is our temple and God is our light. But there's something else here, something that I think should be pretty inspiring to us. We're also told that in the new Jerusalem, it will be a pilgrim destination, this is where the story widens. It expands our own imagination of what a renewed earth is going to look like because we've lost sight of pilgrimage. We, we don't do pilgrimage. We don't, we don't walk places, you know, for, for holy purposes. My wife and I, I think, when this pandemic ends in Jesus' name, uh, are going to go with some friends and family and walk the Camino de Santiago in Spain. It's an old pilgrim route. We've lost sight of what it means to get on our feet and go a long way um, to grow and to grow together and to grow toward God. But what we see here is that the New Jerusalem is going to be a pilgrimage destination, that people are going to bring in the glory of the kingdoms of the earth into its halls. It's this idea of when God is present, when the light of God and the temple are God, that then people are drawn to that temple. They're drawn to the New Jerusalem. They're drawn to what God is doing. And I just love the picture. And then we're told that only the renewed and the submitted, only those who belong to him, who've surrendered to him, will actually be uh, able to dwell in this renewed earth, this new Jerusalem. These residents are joyfully submitted to God's good and just rule. And I just want to say to you that you and me are invited to move toward this even now, even in the Shadowlands. We're invited to begin to catch a glimpse of where this story of ours is headed. You're headed toward a glorious future where God will be your intersection point, where God will be your light, and then others are going to continue to be drawn to what God is doing. And finally, what we see in this passage is that Eden is restored. If you think of the whole Bible, right? Like after the first family is are kicked out of the, the unhindered fellowship and friendship with God, you know, everyone's been living east of Eden since then. And here at the very beginning, at the very, very end, 
end, I mean, of the Bible, we see basically full circle. New Jerusalem has become Eden again. Two things, the river and the tree. The river of God runs right through the middle of the city. There's a sense in which God's presence, the Spirit, um, the river is, is, is beautifully analogous to the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit runs right through the middle of vocation, of, of, of the street of the city where all the work is done. It's the Holy Spirit carrying the flow of God, the source of God, a clean and pure way to move and travel and work. And then we're told that the tree of life is on both sides of the river, both sides, and its leaves are for healing. Y'all, the Lord is wanting to do something in you and me. As we walk into 2021, I believe he's wanting us to hope for a movement toward the renewal of all things, that we would participate with God in these dark places, looking for the brightness of where the Lord is taking our story. Y'all, trouble is not the end of your story. The Lord has something for each and every one of us if we'll but just catch a glimpse of what it could be. And today, I hope to have just given you a little glimpse of where our stories are headed Father, I pray for my friends and I ask for grace. I pray that you would protect us along the way, that you would give us eyes to see, God, where our story is going, that you are um, good and powerful, that we, that you win, Lord, and that we get to follow you. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us your peace as we walk forward one step at a time. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, Take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's Word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what he wants for you? Speak to him about these things. Listen for his still small voice and respond to him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center. 